like you ever fell. Are you listening? Damn. In the words of the late, great Dave Meehouse, my oh my, it's our first emergency podcast of the offseason, and boy, do we have a doozy. I'm your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. Moeller 5 and welcome in to the ratings of a fantasy football fanatic. The NFL just literally just, just gave us the juiciest just possible news. Carolina moves up and gets the first overall pick. What did it cost them, you asked? As Thanos would say, everything. <laughs> Chicago sent the first overall pick to, to Carolina, and here's what they got in return. They got the ninth overall pick this year. They got the 61st overall pick this year, which is the second round pick. They got the 2024 first round pick from the Panthers, a 2025 second round pick from the Panthers, and DJ Moore. I, I'm still pretty shook about it. It's, it's a major trade. And for Carolina, no more Cam Newton, no more Sam Darnold, no more Baker Mayfield, no more PJ Walker, no more Kyle Allen, no more Taylor Heineke. Finally, they get the quarterback of their choice. Now, news did come out a little couple hours ago where they said, we're not sure we like a few guys. And if that's the case, why the heck did you trade up to the first overall pick? But they made the move, which is going to have a ripple effect to the offseason. What makes this deal so good for Chicago is it allows them one more look at Justin Fields in year three. By adding DJ Moore, who, yes, he's an alpha wide receiver. You did not hear me mess that up. I said he is an alpha wide receiver. It puts him into the impact role of the offense and allows Darnell Mooney to be the stretch wide receiver he's always been, where he is not the focal point of the offense. It allows Chase Claypool to be the big slot wide receiver we hoped he would be in Pittsburgh. Did not work out. They shipped him to Chicago. Now he gets to play that role. And it takes pressure off of Cole Komet because you're not so reliant on those three options, right? So those guys get to play complementary role to DJ Moore, the alpha. And it helps everybody. And who does it help out the most? Justin Fields. And if, say, it does not work out in 2023, guess what? Chicago has the option to move on in 2024 and select one of the top quarterbacks, be it Caleb Williams or Drake May, due to the draft capital they've received. So it's pretty interesting from that perspective. They are following the blueprint that the Eagles did last year where they added A.J. Brown to the offense to see if Jalen Hurts is the guy or not. Buffalo did this years ago with Josh Allen where they went out and got Stephon Diggs. Arizona did this with Kyler Murray when they went out and got DeAndre Hopkins. With these mobile quarterbacks, they wanted to get them an elite talent at the wide receiver position to see how good the quarterback actually is. Because we've seen Justin Fields' talent. It oozes off of him when you watch him play. There are a few guys in the league, realistically only a handful of them, that could even come close to doing what he can do with the football. Now the questions boil down to, is he a good passer of the football? Based on what we saw at Ohio State, the answer is yes. Based on what we've seen in the NFL, the answer is TBD. We don't know. So by making this move, now you get to find out for one more season 
if you want to invest in Justin Fields long term and build around him or if you want to move on and start all over with a rookie quarterback. It's it's a win-win for both teams for separate reasons, but Chicago in particular because the extra draft capital on top of DJ Moore lets them fill in positions of need for them. They need line help on both sides of the ball. So realistically, we'll see Chicago attack that early and often in the draft. Because now you have an above average wide receiver room, headline with an alpha, and you can help the offensive line, which desperately needs it, and the defensive line to get pressure on the opposing quarterback. So realistically, this is the ideal trade Chicago was looking for, and they got it. Now, on the flip side for Carolina, all those names I mentioned before, you don't have to deal with that anymore. You have your option of whichever quarterback you want to pick from. Now, rumor is that's going to be CJ Stroud. He's the odds on favorite to be the top pick. But who knows? Anthony Richardson showed out immense talent at the combine. And we already knew he was an athletic freak. We just didn't know he was that much of an athletic freak. Or who knows? You could go get Bryce Young or Will Levis. Bryce Young has been the best quarterback in college football the last two seasons. So he is a little bit smaller. And I know teams are fearful of that, but you could go get Bryce Young. Or you could go get Will Levis, who has very good NFL traits and could be a good NFL quarterback. So they have their pick of the litter to build around. Now the wide receiver core and the tight end room is absolutely barren. We're talking about Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, LaVisca Chenault. Oh, poor one out for our boy, Visca. We had high hopes from him out of Colorado. That has not worked out. But sometimes you miss. Life goes on. He's still young enough where he could realistically be the top pass catcher on the team this year. Now, if Carolina is smart, they will go get a cheap veteran, help out whoever the quarterback is. Because if you're passing to this group of pass catchers, it's not it's it's worse than what Justin Fields was doing with last year before even the Chase Claypool trade. Darnell Mooney would be the best wide receiver on the team by far. It honestly wouldn't even be close. But in building with the ground up with the rookie quarterback, you have the defense who is a good NFL defense. They will keep them in games. So you don't need the rookie to carry the weight of the whole roster. You just need him to show you hey, I'm a good quarterback and you could build with them the next few years. And I'm actually a little surprised that Brian Burns was not in the deal instead of DJ Moore, just because he's a valuable defensive player and Chicago could have used him. But every rumor and news blurb we've heard is that Carolina wasn't willing to move Brian Burns, so they gave up DJ Moore in the deal. And that's a, that's a major win for Fields and Chicago. Now, if we break this down from a fantasy perspective, what does it all mean? Justin Fields gets a big old boost. I'm talking he already had the overall QB1 upside, but it raises his floor and even brings his ceiling a little bit higher, which is pretty outlandish to say because his ceiling was QB1, but we're talking you're moving into the truly elite QB1 territory where you're talking Mahomes, Allen, hurts like those type of guys like he has that potential if he hits as a passer which that's all we're waiting on to see now having that reliable wide receiver one in dj Moore is 
is massive. And we've seen the front office in back-to-back -back seasons make a move to help Justin Fields try to find some pass-catching talent. Because outside of Darnell Mooney, there really isn't much. Cole Komet, he's a fine tight end. He's nothing special. And if you only have those two options, you don't have a lot of weapons, right? So them going back-to-back -back years, going to get Chase Claypool, I know it was expensive. In hindsight, it looks terrible. The ideal is good in theory. They just went after the wrong wide receiver. If they were to target someone else and that wide receiver hits, we'd feel a lot better about that early second round pick than we do right now. Now, back to DJ Moore. He's really the only pass catcher I'm interested as he's going to be the only reliable guy for fans you can count on week in and week out. But with this move, getting Justin Fields, a legit alpha wide receiver in DJ Moore, this moves Justin Fields into my top five fantasy quarterbacks for the 2023 season. And in Dynasty, it makes him a top eight fantasy QB for me in Dynasty. Now you're probably wondering, why is he lower in Dynasty than Redraft? It's because of the floor. If Fields fails this upcoming year, he's going to get replaced. And I don't want to spend that premium capital on a quarterback I'm worried he gets replaced. Now on the flip side, he could hit and absolutely jump into that top three tier. If he goes bonkers and puts up those 25, 26 fancy points per game we're talking about, that is going to smash past Trevor Lawrence. It's going to put him past Lamar Jackson. He's already past Kyler for me, but it's going to put him in that truly elite tier. And there are a couple other guys competing in with it, like you have Deshaun Watson, Dax Lillower, those guys. But the upside is truly immense because he could be the QB one. And I know we say that just kind of just like, it's it's not a big deal. It's, it's a massive deal. Being the QB one is a huge difference maker. So I'm all in on Justin Fields this year. I, I love the move getting him that pass catcher. And it's, it's going to be fun to watch if he can live up to those expectations because he's going to go really early in drafts. He's going to get steamed up into the top, I'd say, top five rounds because we already saw what he did last year by himself. He would have broken Lamar Jackson's rushing record. And this was with him passing 21 times a game. That's it. He only passed 21 times a game. That is historically low. That's basically just not even being a passing threat at all. So if we raise that the passing floor up a little bit and the passing ceiling, that's how the, pe the, the points build upon themselves. And you'll see him hopefully push into that tier. So yeah, for me, Justin Fields is a, a huge winner in this. His floor is already so high with him being the best rushing quarterback in the league from a like fantasy perspective. I know Lamar is special, and they're kind of different athletes, right? Like, the way they run is different. But few can really do what Justin Fields can with the ball. So it's really exciting to see, and I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. So it's just a big win for him. As we move on to DJ Moore, he – it's what I call a net positive. Now it's not just an automatic huge win for him. There is obvious concerns moving to an offense that passes so little. But realistically, a player like DJ Moore, what he does is he raises the passing volume and he in 
he's going to increase the efficiency of Justin Fields as well. So I know they only passed 21 times a game last year with Fields. If he realistically we're talking about, he's going to raise it to in probably between 25 and 28. That's realistic expectations of where he can get with Fields pass attempts next year. Now, I mean, sure, you could shoot for 30. That would be great. That would be a lot of extra passes in the offense. But if we do that and we say he's going to be at a 25% target share, because that's what alphas do. And let's be real, the other pass catchers on this team aren't that great. DJ Moore is the only one I'm going to really have interest in. Just because it is going to be a lower passing volume offense. Now, it will increase like we were talking about before. But he's going to take a substantial portion of that. And with these rushing quarterbacks, they can support usually one passing option. Now, we see guys with Allen where he supports just one guy than Stefan Diggs, but that's more the lack of really good players that Buffalo has on the outside. Kyler's a rare case where he can actually support multiple guys. But Lamar, it's been it's been Andrews and he came close with Hollywood, but those are just monumental touchdowns. You really just want the one guy, and this is going to be DJ Moore for me. Now, there are concerns. Let's not let's not sugarcoat too much, but he's going to be a, a wide receiver too for me this upcoming season. A middling wide receiver too, which isn't bad, which is similar to what he was before. His just ceiling raises a little bit because if he hits the ceiling with Justin Fields. He could be inside the top 10 fancy wide receivers, which is a very good thing. And I know we get we get hung up on the ceiling like, oh, can this guy be an elite difference maker? Well, no, I don't think he's going to be a top three fancy wide receiver or anything like that. But he could be an impact wide receiver who has the potential to be a difference maker on your team. And that's all we're chasing with these guys. Now, the floor is still not the best, but the fact he is going to dominate as many targets as he's going to get I wouldn't be too worried about it so that's kind of the pros and cons with DJ Moore it's a win for me I know if you're on Twitter today you saw people all over the place with his reactions and it's it's a valid concern but he gets out of the quarterback hellscape that is Carolina now you're thinking well maybe he could have stayed in Carolina well I don't think that was an option because realistically I don't think Carolina goes from nine to one and keeps DJ Moore. So that's the problem. He wasn't going to stay with this quarterback upgrade. So really, realistically, it might not have been Sam Darnold, but it would have been a good quarterback, right? So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about him. And it's really up to you on how much risk you want to take on. I'm fine with DJ Moore. He's an elite talent. Now he gets a good, the best QB he's played with. So it's going to be fun to watch these two connect. It will be the Justin Fields, DJ Moore show in Chicago for 2023. Now for the other three pass catchers in that offense, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Chase Claypool. They're realistically dart throws moving forward. I don't have much interest in them because unless you're playing best ball, you're not going to be able to start any of them. I just moved Cole Komet outside my top 20 tight ends dynasty. Claypool is just... You can't trust him. When he went to Chicago, he saw career lows. And his, his target share, his receiving guard, it's just, it was ugly. And he realistically didn't play that much. 
Darnell Mooney would be the one guy of the three I'd have some interest in just because being a downfield threat, he's going to have these boom games and spike weeks, but it's just going to be so hard to project. I'd rather not with any of these guys. Now, if it works out and I'm wrong, I'm wrong on it, but I'm not super interested in any of these three. So if you could move them in Dynasty for a decent piece, I would happily trade any of them because what are the odds any three will be starting for you next year? Unless you're in a complete teardown or a rebuild, it's not looking great. So the dynasty values of all three take a major hit just because there's just not enough passes to go around. Fields can support one option and DJ Moore is the best one by far. So he's the one we're really only going to have interest in. Sure, you could maybe throw a random third round pick on Mooney if you're that interested in it. But honestly, I don't even think I'd rather do that. I'd rather just keep the third round pick and see what happens. Now, on the flip side in Carolina, it's it's going to be rough for whatever quarterback that is. They do have their pick of the litter. So you could go Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, or CJ Stroud. The only one I'm really going to have interested in, in actually playing in fantasy, that's Anthony Richardson, just because of the Konami upside. Now, you have to keep in mind, he might not play in year one because he is the biggest project of the group, but... In Dynasty, it's going to be interesting to watch. So hopefully they invest in some pass catchers so you're not sending Bryce Young to throw to Shy Smith, you know, as the wide receiver one, or LaVisca Chenault, or Tommy Tremble, or Ian Thomas. None of that sounds appealing for any of these guys. So Anthony Richardson's the only one I would feel okay about just because we saw him at Florida. He did it on his own. He would be doing the same thing in this situation with the pass catchers they have. We'll see how it looks after free agency, but realistically, it's going to be a wait-and-see situation. And even the running backs, they have Chuba Hubbard under contract. Deonta Foreman, they still have to sign him, so we'll see. But we just don't know. But that's more the, the recap of the trade, how it shakes down in Dynasty. It's a doozy. It's going to be interesting to see what happens now because Arizona holds the cards. As we know, Houston is going to take a QB at two. It's up to Arizona what they want to do. If they want to trade out or take a defensive end or whoever the best player available, right? So they're going to be the next domino that falls in the draft and impacts it drastically. And after them, it's going to be our Seattle Seahawks, folks. They will be the next domino after them. So keep, keep your mind on it. We'll see where it goes. But I'm your host, Jesse Moore, and I wanted to thank you for coming in for this quick emergency podcast. Find me on any of the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, even Snapchat. I'm on there as well. And we can talk more Dynasty throughout the whole offseason. I was going to write something about the difference in Chris Olave, Drake London, and Garrett Wilson. That all blew up with the news today. I'll touch on that later next week. But anyways, thanks for stopping in to the rantings of a fancy football fanatic. And I'll see you next week. Take care. Damn. Uh. Yeah.